Tea drinkers and listeners, this is Corey Calder with Staffelty Spilling the Tea. Just want to say today's episode, we have on literally Miss Wonder Woman herself, Terry Vernon, who not only helps our students, but our staffelty be the best that they can be in a virtual world or an in-person world. She has all the tools, gadgets, gizmos, whatever it takes for our educators to be the best that they can be. And as always, there's the bell. What's going on, Education Nation? This is Corey Calder with Staffelty Spilling the Tea. We have on a incredible guest today. Uh, uh, we have Miss Terry Vernon. How's it going? Hey, everybody. I'm happy to be here. So, Terry, can you introduce yourself uh, to the audience who may not know you, although you are sort of a big deal, you said, with your podcast? Um, <laughs> introduce yourself um, and let them know about your role at Verona High School. Okay. Hey, so like Corey said, my name is Terry Vernon and my official title is innovative learning coach. So what that means I do is I work with the teachers and sometimes directly with our student learners to help them feel comfortable with technology and also to help them come up with cool and exciting and interesting learning experiences for our students that just maybe happen to involve some technology. We have some amazing teachers and you probably have heard some of them so far in previous episodes of Spilling the Tea, but when they come to me with like a nugget of an idea that they just want to grow into something big, something using the deeper learning principles, something that engages our community or just gives the students an opportunity to be creative and let their star power shine. That's where I come in, recommending digital tools, recommending instructional strategies, and kind of working as a partner alongside with our teachers to take our students' learning experiences to the next level. It's honestly the best job in the entire world. I mean, maybe being a, an admin or an admin intern is pretty, pretty awesome. But what I get to do, and when I try to explain my role to people outside of education, I usually say, it's all the amazing and cool parts about being a teacher, getting to build relationships with the students, getting to design and implement these amazing lessons, but then not having to, you know, call anybody's mama or write up a referral or deal with any of kind of like that other stuff that goes along with, uh, with school. Yeah. And, and you definitely do that role. Well, I mean, I, you know, when we're in the building, I always walk through the library and you got kids in there doing some crazy things with technology or you've you've even come to the health classrooms and help uh, the health and PE departments with like, you know, virtual reality and different things. So, like you said, pretty well, the best job in the world, um, except for admin intern. And yeah, so I'm pumped to have you on the show. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. So today's episode is really like, uh, you know, we all got this, you know, our county starting 100 percent virtual. Um, other counties are doing hybrids or whatnot, but this is sort of like a, we got this episode. So, you know, what, what's your opinion? What, what's your gut going into this school year as we approach the start of school? Honestly, this may not be what you hear from every single person you ask this question to, but I'm really excited about this opportunity. I've had some really great conversations with teachers about ways to personalize learning. That's something that people have been talking about for years. How do we figure out where a student is, meet them where they are, and then help them to come up with kind of a personal learning plan that helps them to get to their goals and also to, you know, meet the standards of what we need them to accomplish. In this virtual environment, imagine you do some whole class direct instruction, you know, using a video conferencing program, right? And then on another day, you either have one-on-one -on -one conferences with kids or you have conferences in small groups with kids and two and three and four kids at a time, right? That's the kind of thing that's really challenging to do 
in the classroom because you've got somebody calling in from the main office because someone has an early dismissal and you have four kids who need to go to the bathroom. And then you've got one who maybe is having a tough day and is acting out and you have to deal with that. And all while you're trying to have this small group focus with kids and in the virtual environment, you're going to be able to give your undivided attention to this small group of kids when you have them in for a conference. It's really going to be cool. The amount of personalized learning that you're going to be able to do with people in this virtual environment. Once we get past some of the which buttons to click hurdles and we can really get to the point of actually building relationships with students and actually being able to get into the content and dig into the material, it's going to be it's going to be revolutionary. Corey, this is not just, hey, let's take our old school style of learning and let's convert it to a digital format. This is going to give some innovative teachers an opportunity to really think of new things outside of the box. And I'm just excited to see what our teachers create. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to it, too. You know, I'm out of the classroom fully for the first time this year. But I was like, I'm kind of jealous that, you know, teachers get this opportunity because, as you said, you can be innovative as you want. You can do kind of really whatever you want within certain parameters, but you can bring it to the kids. And you, you know, once you record your activity, maybe on Loom and then post it, you can have those individual conferences. You can meet with the kids. You can provide specific feedback, I think, even quickly, like more quickly than you uh-huh. could before. Um, and as an administrator, what I'm going to like is, you know, I'm able to pop into so many more classrooms now. You know, it's a, right. it's a clink, I'm in, click, I'm in, click, I'm in. So I can see how the teacher's doing. I can check on the kids. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, and I know uh, some of our teachers are feeling very apprehensive, especially those who maybe like wouldn't have identified themselves going into this as particularly tech savvy. But I think that it's about, you know, picking a couple of little things that you want to start with, you know, get to know Schoology, get to know how to get in and out of Microsoft Teams and then sprinkle in other stuff as the year progresses. You know, it's not about where you have to throw 15 tools. Nobody wants to do that. No, that's not that's going to get in the way of learning. So I think like anybody who's feeling apprehensive about the tech could just laser focus in on a couple of things, get good at those things, and then focus on what you do best because best practices in education before are still best practices now. So, you know, design cool and interesting learning experiences, get to know your kids and build those relationships. That's what's going to be important. And, you know, and lean on the support of others because you're not doing this in a silo. Yeah, you might be teaching from home and they're, you know, you're not right down the hall from your best friends and colleagues, but we're all in this together and we're all going to get through it together. Yeah. And what I like is, you know, you talking about building the relationships. I mean, I had the opportunity to be an admin of virtual summer school this year, along with two other incredible admin. And they, you know, the teachers only had four weeks for the course. So they built relationships with their students, but all the feedback they gave us was we're looking forward to the fall because it's going to be a little slower. And so we have to be able to focus on building relationships every day with our kids so that we eventually come back. We have those relationships built. And if we don't come back, I still have a relationship with these kids that I've never had with any other student. And it's still special. Yeah. And imagine being able to have a one-on-one conversation with a kid in a distraction-free environment and really take the time to get to know them without being observed by all their other peers, without, you know what I mean? Like, even though you're not going to be able to do a one-on-one conference with every kid every day, I mean, there's the the math on that just doesn't work out. There's only so many hours in the day. But that being said, like, I think being able to have those one-on-ones, those small conversations without the distraction of the whole rest of the class, it's going to be huge for relationship building. Yeah, and I think there's, you know, going to be some neat activities out there. I'm looking forward to sharing them next week 
uh, with our with my departments. But you know, there's ways to build relationships where in the past you might have had a kid, you know, every kid fill out a Google Doc or write a teacher a letter. And like now that you can meet individually with these kids, um, I think you're going to have a bigger opportunity to really build some significant relationships. Yeah. And, you know, and if you were into icebreakers, for example, or team building kinds of activities, there is a lot of examples of those and ways that you can do that using a virtual classroom. For sure. And, um, you know, what what are some ways that you think, you know, you touched you touched on uh, teachers picking one or two things, right? Learn how to use teams, learn how to use Schoology and then pick one or two things and really let that drive your force for the first nine weeks. What do you say to the teacher who's like, I want to do all all these all these programs? Right. And Terry, I want to do everything with all my kids and try this one week and try this one week. How do you kind of dial them back in to be like, let's focus on this. Let's perfect this and then move on. Well, I think it all boils down to why we're all here and why we're all in education is because of our kids, right? And they're going through a really overwhelming situation outside of everything that's going on with school. You know, we've got our students who may have family members affected by the coronavirus. We have family members who, you know, that may have had a family member lose their job and they're helping out with managing their younger siblings. So I think when you're doing that building relationship piece and you get to know your kids and kind of what they're going through beyond the academic. I think it's going to even our most kind of gung ho teachers about tech are probably going to find naturally that they're slowing down a little bit with that because we want to keep it simple for our kids. This is also our kids first experience in this virtual environment, too. I mean, we had some teachers that use Schoology pretty heavily throughout the school year. Right. But that's still different than being completely virtual. So we have to we have to go into this with some grace, with some kindness, with realizing that, you know, our students have a lot going on. And the last thing that they need is a bombardment of different digital tools. And what I've always said before and now is that you start with the instruction. You start with your learning outcomes, your success criteria, like what you want to get out of it and what you want the kids to learn. And then you use whatever is the very best tool to help to achieve those goals. So the goals and what you want to get out of it and what you want the kids to learn is most important. And also, you know, the Henrico Learner Profile is still something that guides us. It's still our North Star. So if you really, really, really want And I don't recommend this for this first couple of weeks of school, but if you really want the kids to collaborate and work on a project together, you know, there are tools that can let the kids do that type of learning. So I think, I think it's about slowing down at first, meeting the kids where they are, keeping it simple and giving everybody a chance to feel really comfortable and reading the room. You know, let's say you do have a 12th grade class of kids that are just like, yes, I've got all these tools. I am good to go. Then, you know what, read the room and run with it. But but if but if the room is telling you to slow down a little bit, then, you know, take take the input that you're given and make your instructional choices based on what is in front of you. I, I, I love it. I really do. And, you know, I've been telling the departments I work with sort of the same message. Right. We need to have that grace. We need to have kindness with not only our staff, but our students. And, you know, we're in this together. Let's let's get through it. Let's pick a couple of items. Let's focus on those. And then, as you said it perfectly, read the room and then branch out run with it, do what you got to do. And that's where teacher instincts, whether you're in the classroom or not, are going to come in handy. Right. One of my um, one of my colleagues, the um, innovative learning coach at Cuyacasin Middle School, her name is Erin. And she said something that really stuck with me in one of our meetings this past week. She said, our number one job the first couple of days of school is to keep them coming back. 
because it's too easy. Yes, there's attendance requirements. Yes, there's this, but it's too easy for them to do something else other than to get on their computer and be with us. So our number one goal is to keep them coming back. And if we're making things too complicated or too difficult or unclear, that's a barrier to success. We want to start them off with some softballs, some things that they can complete that's in their comfort area so that they feel success right away. They feel like they're starting the year with an A and they, and that they can only maintain it. You know what I mean? Like we've got to, we, we don't want to jump in and make the kids feel, wow, now I, you know, I missed a bunch of learning in the spring because of everything that was going on. You know, I did some Netflix. I did this, I did that. I tried my best, but you know, we have a deficit in a lot of these kids and we have to acknowledge that. And then we have to do whatever we can to build on it. So I think like anything we can do to sort of mosey in to kind of start a little bit slow and to give them that grace is just it's going to make a huge difference in our kids for sure for sure and i really do love what your you know colleague at quiocasin said you got to keep them coming back and that's one of my summer school teachers had great success with that she had a class of 32 and she was super nervous and super apprehensive at first but she just did things with the kids that brought them back she started every class with like a fun little puzzle you know maybe the bell ringer wasn't based around bio Right. But it was right. them coming in. Oh, that's a fun riddle. Let me figure that out. Who can share it? Boom, boom, boom. Oh, that kid got points for the day. What do those points add up to? I, I wasn't quite sure, but that kid got points and it got me wanting to attend her class because I just want to see what that riddle was for the day. So I think teachers being creative and tr- drawing those kids in, you know, it's even more difficult now that we're virtual. But once you've got them, I think they're going to be coming back and coming back. I think so, too. And I think, um, you know, we have to think about the things like, you know, you remember Hattie and all of his meta research mm-hmm. and the things that really make a big difference in student achievement, things like teacher efficacy, things like that whole that my teacher believes that I can do this. My teacher believes that I can learn. My teachers in the whole school believe that I can do this and have my back. And if the kids are consistently feeling that every day from their teachers across the board, they're going to know that they can do this. Yeah. And they're going to be coming back and coming back. And, you know, I think we're going to come out of this whenever we do come out of it um, with some sort of virtual option for kids. It's just like a hunch I have. I don't don't know if that's the case. I don't know if that's the way our county's leaning or whatnot. But, you know, if we have kids that are successful in this model and they're not really successful in traditional school, why not have that option for them? Right. 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 I think we're going to see some kids who can pace themselves, who can let their curiosity drive their learning, who could, you know, I mean, we might have kids who end up moving through the content faster than anybody anticipated, and they'll be able to kind of customize their actual learning experience. It's it, You're right. And I think the main point of all of this is that this is an opportunity to make a revolutionary change in education. This is not about how do we get back to where we were before. This is about how do we get to the new place where we're taking care of our kids? Because we all know that in some ways, our educational system, even before the virus, was broken. And so instead of how do we get back to exactly that, this is a chance to reimagine education. And it's a, it's a pretty exciting opportunity. Yeah, I'm so excited to see, you know, I'm I'm excited to experience it this fall and this school year, but then I'm also really excited to see how we come out of it, Um, because like I said, those options are going to be there for kids, um, and it's going to be remarkable. Um, So I do do have a question for you, Terry, you know, what, what are some things, you know, if you have a teacher who's feeling a little apprehensive right now, a little scared, a little nervous, what are some little pep talk things you would tell them uh, just to make them feel a little good? 
a little better about themselves going into this fall? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I would make sure to focus and prioritize. Right now, it probably feels like there's a zillion opportunities for professional learning, both formal and informal, right? But if you start by, you know, my Schoology classroom part ones and two, the stuff that's in HCPSU. And then honestly, I, a lot of the teachers have expressed to me they feel better when their physical learning space is set up, whether they're going to work from their home or whether they're going to work from their classroom on campus or a hybrid. I don't think anybody's planning to be on campus every single day. Right. Mm. So wherever they have their their setup, their main home base setup is to get that feeling like you can do that. Right. Make sure you have a, a comfortable chair. If you have the opportunity for a second monitor, if you um, have some lamps and some lighting that kind of make it feel inviting and comfortable somewhere where you can spend time, that would be a good use of your time. And then once you've got your physical space set up, I think it will make you, you know, give you a chance to sort of feel better about your environment. And I think also. You know, the things that made teachers great before, the ability to communicate information, the ability to break things down into chunks and to help a student who's struggling, the ability to take the content material that can be a little bit dry and turn it into something engaging and interesting. Those skills and attributes that our teachers have, those those have not gone away. Our teachers were rock stars before and they're going to be rock stars now. It's just a matter of getting comfortable with which buttons to click in order to get to the place where you need to be. And then, you know, uh, the things that you did, your personality, your awesomeness, your ability to be clear and concise, those things are going to translate over to the digital world. And everybody's got support. You know, you've got your department team, you've got your department leader, you've got your admins, you've got me, you've got your instructional coaches. So it's like, it's, you're not just, even though you might not feel as connected as if you could just step outside your room and see a friendly face, friendly faces are still everywhere. Definitely. And, and one thing I'm, I'm, telling my teachers and any teacher asks me about what do I do the first week I, I'm going to tell them you need to slow down with whatever you're doing mm -hmm. and really teach these kids if you if you get them all on your teams for the first day do a fun activity build some relationships hit share your screen and just walk them through what they need to do in teams like the basic thing that they need to do to run a meeting successfully to be a member of a successful meeting and how to you know act you know go through Schoology because some kids even though we've been using Schoology forever, um, right. they don't know how to use it. So it's like, we just need to teach these kids, slow down what to do. And if we build that foundation this first couple you know, weeks, then we have a platform we can work on for the rest of the year. I completely agree. And also the same thing as you're transitioning out of your live meeting into that asynchronous work, take some time, teachers, share your screen and show the students exactly how to get to what they need to do. Okay, so find today's folder, click on today's folder, go in, it will say number one, start here. And then once you're finished with that, go on to number two. Now you can choose then the next one. This is called a choice board. Pick one column, one from column A, one from column B. And then at the very end, don't don't forget to do your reflection discussion question. And once you've done all of those items for today, that counts as you meeting the success criteria. And, you know, really be deliberate with what exactly is expected and do it live while you have them all together in your whole class meeting. And then so that the kids can see in here exactly what to do. And then, you know, I think asynchronous communication is going to be really important. Like, 
tell the, tell the kids when it's time for you to do your independent work, if you have a question, here's how you reach out to me and then how you're going to reply back and stay in touch with the students, like have a plan for that. Because, you know, when you're in the classroom, the students just raise their hand and you walk over to them and you help them with their issue. Right. So what is that equivalent going to be in the digital world and figuring out what's works best for you? I think it's going to it's going to make you, the students feel like you hear them and you're there for them if you have that kind of communication pathway set up. Yeah, and I didn't even think about that last idea you said. I'm so happy you brought it up for the listeners, right? How are the kids going to communicate with you? Because you said they raise their hand in class, you come over to them, you figure out the issue, you help them out, boom, you move on to the next thing. But in the digital world, what does that look like in your actual classroom? And I think that's something that teachers need to take a minute, reflect on, and then, you know, try some different things and see what works best for them. Right. And anytime we can incorporate student voice and choice into the lesson, I briefly mentioned a choice board is one way to do that. That's another way, right? If a student goes and chooses something and then they start to realize, oh, I'm having trouble with this, with even the technology part of it, right? If there's a different thing that they could then go back and choose off the choice board, you know, if one, let's say option one was make a video and they were really excited about that because they wanted to make a video, but then they hit a little bit of some kind of roadblock, right? If they could go back and make a different choice and choose a different type of output, then it, then that, you know, it removes some of those barriers. Yeah. I, I, I think it's great. I think it's absolutely great. Um, I do want to talk to you a little bit about like some techie stuff that teachers might, you know, want or not need, but are highly encouraged to look into. Right. And one thing I've been pushing to a lot of my teachers is that second monitor. I'm not telling you to go out and buy one, but there's Facebook groups out there that are giving this stuff away goodwill different places might have you know an inexpensive second monitor i think that in good lighting is like the key for some teachers do you do you recommend that i mean what what little techie things do you recommend for teachers uh to help them be more successful at home I absolutely do recommend the second monitor because you can have the like the Microsoft Teams meeting running on one window and you can still be kind of seeing the content that you have. So you can still see their faces while you're running through like a Google Slides presentation or a PowerPoint. Although it's not 100% necessary, it definitely is cool. Now, Verona Staffordy, check your email, wink, wink, about this topic. But for anybody else who's out there, I've seen in Facebook groups, people have been getting old monitors from, from folks. And honestly, our computers have... a connection called HDMI and even a smaller size TV screen, you know, mm -hmm. that you can usually find for a less expensive, you know, lots of people have little small TVs that they don't need anymore. Hooking one of those up to your computer is going to serve the exact same purpose as a quote unquote computer monitor. So between one of those two things, that would be what I would recommend. And lighting, um, lighting is important just because like, oh, so in my particular setup, I had a big bright light right behind my head and it was distracting because it almost looked like a halo, but not really. So I had to turn off that big main light in the room and then supplement with a couple of lamps. And then it just, it just made me feel more comfortable. Like nobody was going to be distracted by my surroundings. So it's not about, you know, being fancy and, and, um, you know, Pinterest worthy even yeah. just get something that is functional for you and and make it work for your situation. And, and, you know, the other thing is practice too. You know, um, you might still be feeling a little uncomfortable with Microsoft Teams. So find a couple of colleagues and practice on them. You know, practice turning on and off all the settings. Practice clicking through the different menus and see what you can find. Practice 
practice, practice. You can even, you know, um, you can even have your colleagues temporarily join your Schoology courses as members. You could put them in as members of your actual courses and practice with them and then just take them back out when you're done. Yeah. And, and that, I think that's something that's going to be recommended next week. You know, there's going to be a lot of free time out there. And even in your department meeting, you know, maybe let's do a breakout, not actual breakout, but like, let's like split up into some groups for the next 20 minutes on your own. Everybody go create a Microsoft team, start it and run it. Like the other teachers that are attending yours are in your classroom. I think that's going to be really beneficial because if you go into day one blind, whether you're in person or virtual, it is not going to be a successful day. Well, and it's going to undermine your credibility. I think your, your, your kids know that you, um, that you know the content material, that you are an expert in health topics. You are an expert in business and marketing. You are an expert in your English curriculum. You know, you, you have your degrees. I don't I think that it's easy for everybody to understand you're an expert. But if you do show basic fluency a little bit with these tools, then it's going to look like, OK, my teacher has been practicing. My teacher knows what they're doing. But here's the thing, too. You don't need to be too hard on yourself. A lot of times you can practice and practice and practice. And then, of course, something different happens when you go to do it in the real world. And I think you can model flexibility for your students. You can say, okay, so we've had a tech glitch. Here's my backup plan because I've thought through what's going to happen if something doesn't work the way that I planned. And so I've got a plan B. And too many times in life, our students don't always have a plan B. So just kind of modeling that, that I've not only, uh, that I've not only practiced and tried my best to get good at this technology ahead of time, but I know exactly what to do if something goes wrong and what I'm going to do next as my backup plans. And that's going to let the students know, okay, my teacher not only knows what they're doing um, you know, content wise, but they're also, they've taken the time to really get comfortable with this technology before we got together. Oh, for sure. For sure. Now, I do want to bring this up. Um, and I don't even, you know, I didn't, we didn't talk about this before or whatnot. But, you know, I'm, I have like an educator's TikTok, and I, I'm using it to like create messages to send to the kids, because that's sort of the medium they engage with. But being on TikTok, there are so many teachers out there that are putting up like TikTok teacher tips. And it's sort of like a mini PL, like every time I'm scrolling through my feed. And I don't know if that's something that interests you, but I'm going to send you some videos after this, just so you can like see some of the things that you probably already know how to do, like in Google slides and whatnot, but I'm learning so much on different platforms. Um, is, is there, is there ways or things you recommend for teachers to kind of learn little tricks? Is it just by YouTube and stuff or, you know, what sort of yeah. things do you recommend? That's a good point, Corey, because there's a lot of stuff out there. I'm members of a couple of different Facebook groups that have some really good stuff. There's one I love called Teacher Teach with Tech that I've been a member of for years, but now I'm seeing a lot more teachers come into as they're going into this digital digital environment. Because you want a place where you can be like, ah, I'm stuck here. I need to ask a question and get some experts to reply really quickly to you. And so those, like whether it's Facebook or I've seen some Instagram, TikTok, um, Twitter, you know, any one of those social medias is great. The only caveat to that and the only thing that I I want people to be cautious about is that a lot of times people are talking about like every feature of a product, for example, Microsoft Teams, like we're not using Microsoft Teams in the way that some other school divisions might be using it or even 
some business organizations. So if you did just a plain old U- a YouTube search for how to use Teams, you're going to end up maybe seeing some a lot of things that are not actually in line with what Henrico County is doing. So for the tech tools, like those types of things, I would um, I would really advise that you do like the HCPS created professional learning. But that being said, like, um, uh, gosh, there's this one um, teacher I follow their blog that has amazing things that you can do in Google Chrome. Well, Google Chrome is Google Chrome. You know what yeah. I mean? So you're not for those types of things you know you can learn about a new extension that really makes your life easier and makes your organization easier and you're like yes where has this been all my life and and things that you can do in google slides there's tons of places like that so i would it it would depend on the tool i guess is my answer right so if it's something if it's a google product for sure because we have the enterprise edition of google we have every single feature that's available in google yes but here's the other thing too like I've talked to a couple of Henrico teachers um, who are Henrico County teachers, not like Henrico High School, but Henrico County teachers who are making websites in Google Sites for their students. And while you can do a lot in Google Sites and they look really beautiful, what we really don't want is things to be confusing for our kids. So we want we want to be able to send a consistent message to our students and also our families in our community that where is my material? Where is my work that I need to do today? Where are my expectations? The answer needs to consistently be Schoology. And now Schoology is a great container, right? Like you can put a Nearpod into Schoology, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. You can put a lot of other stuff, embed videos and pull in materials, even some stuff from a website. But what we just don't want to do is to be directing kids to other stuff. We don't, you don't just want to pop a link into Schoology and now the students are spending all, all their time on some other site. You really want you really want to be able to say if the family, if the community, if the student is looking for your work, where is it? It's in Schoology. And then anything else is just linked out from Schoology. Yeah, no, and that consistent message, um, it doesn't matter where you are, what grade level you teach. If you have the consistency, you're going to get those kids coming back and they're going to be successful. Correct. Well, Terry, this is the part of the show where, you know, you can give some shout outs. I mean, I know you have been a huge positive supporter for this and you, I mean, I, I blow you up on text or email multiple times a day and I do appreciate all your love and support. Um, but are there some shout outs you want to give? to the Verona community or, or people you work with that you just appreciate so much? Oh man, that's a hard one. Cause a lot of people, it takes, it takes a village. It really does. Yeah. Um, I, I want to start with Jason Liebler and Katie Balch. They are our other um, coaches at Verona high school. And we have a new coach, a math coach named Javier, who's also been jumping in and doing some work between the three of us. And we've been working really closely with the admin team to try to develop like what um, like virtual learning framework should look like. And so working with the two of them is just always amazing, um, Jason and Katie. And then not Verona per se, but my innovative learning coaches team. From So there's an innovative learning coach at just about every school. And we're all on project teams. So some people have been working to really dig in and understand Microsoft Teams. Some people have been working on family and community resources. Some people have been working on um, what are student training of Schoology going to look like, right? So all of those pod- project teams are making content and like, pretty much anything you found in HCPU or my school G classroom part two was made by somebody in the innovative learning team. And also 
I mean, um, I worked really closely with Arlene Robinson on some back to school night stuff. And she's just her vision for how she wants our community to be able to, you know, make everything easy for our community is great. Um, Alicia Atkins has some really cool resources on her Verona Village blog that's going to be linked to our family hub for anybody, any of our family or community members who are still sort of struggling with how they're going to make this whole thing work for their family. She's got some great resources there. It's hard because I really want to shout out just about everybody. I do have to, I'll, I'll just, I'm going to end with um, talking about Mr. Darren Thompson, our new leader of Verona high school. And, you know, it's not like I'm trying to just, you know, Oh, he's so great. Yay. My yeah. boss. But like, he has come in with this energy and I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to take over leadership of a school while this pandemic and virtual learning is all going on. And his just, his positivity, his energy, his ability to, so get everybody's input on things and be a good listener and then turn around and make what's the best decision for everyone. It's been really, um, our, our previous leader was excellent, but it's just him coming in and um, just the energy that he's bringing to our um, Verona family has just been amazing. So I'm, I'm just, I'm proud of everybody. Everybody is working so hard and everybody is coming up with cool and interesting ways to do this. And even people who are feeling stressed, the fact that they're reaching out and they're talking to others, they're not just sitting with that stress and doing nothing about it. You know, it leads me to think that we're all going to be successful in this. Yeah, I think we're all going to come out of this with tons of success. And as we said in the earlier parts of the episode, maybe even a new way of doing some forms of education for, you know, our ultimate stakeholders, our students. Um, Yeah. But Terry, it's been a pleasure uh, having you on Staffelty Spilling the Tea. Huge shout out to you um, for everything that you do for not just our school, but our Henrico community. you are a Wonder Woman wizard. I don't know other things, spirit animals that I can describe you as, but well, back at you, Corey. So, back at you. Well, thank you. Um, and so, you know, even later today, you and I are going to have a little meeting to talk about freshman orientation. You just your your calendar has to be full and full and full. And so I do. I, I do you. have my fingers in just about everything, but it feels good. It feels like I'm really making a contribution to Verena, and I'm really helping people. And so um, we knew that that this role, that innovative learning, was going to play a huge part in this virtual learning stuff. But that's what I'm, that's my job, and that's what I'm here for. And and teachers, and I do I do want to specifically teach, say one last thing to Verena teachers. Don't think that I'm too busy for you because supporting you and helping you to feel comfortable with this is my primary job and it always will be. So there, you know, there's meetings and there's things and there's things that I'm doing that affect the entire school. But if you need me, I am here for you. 